Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 16. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. If my voice sounds a bit uh, deeper and more robust, <laughs> it's because it's I have quite the gnarly cold right now. And so I apologize in advance for that. It is what it is. It's that time of year as of recording, and I have a pretty bad cold. But I am excited to share what I have been discovering with you this week, as well as a few updates on the YouTube system, which just barely launched. Which, by the way, if this is your first episode you're listening to, if you just barely joined uh, after the launch of the YouTube system, welcome, welcome. I am so glad that you are here. So what I'm going to do is... I'm going to address, um, I'm going to speak to something that is completely blowing my mind, something that I saw recently on YouTube, and pass it on to you, because this is where I share things first here in the in the podcast, uh, things before they are ever formulated into uh, lessons or even often formulated into, and especially before being formulated into channel makers videos. So this is the first place I'm going to share this that I have seen. I've never seen anything like this that I'm going to describe to you here. And then uh, after that, I'm going to address just some of the first jump in points for the new YouTube system, how to use it, as well as uh, some common concerns that I'm already seeing crop up. So I'm going to address that afterwards. Uh, and really just how to get the most out of it, the intention of how it was built. So first, let me tell you about the Ugly Duckling Challenge. So recently, as of recording this, I published a video on Channel Makers. And in that video, it was a video roast. And I uh, roasted a video that uh, of someone redoing a piece of furniture who then... Um, and, and I did the roast and all of everything about that piece of content. But what I did not mention in that video, this is where I say this, I keep this exclusive to Project 24, uh, to you. <laughs> what I did not mention is that behind the scenes, that the circumstances of that video were totally blowing my mind. So here's what happened. Let me tell you what happened. So the Ugly Duckling Challenge is was an idea to take an old, ugly piece of furniture and renew it, make it look great, right? So it's a great concept for a video. It's already got some natural built-in appeal because people like to see something restored from, from dirty to clean or from ugly to, to nice to, you know, people like that on YouTube. So it was a good premise already. But behind the scenes, another YouTube channel organized this challenge to have... Several YouTube channels joined this. Now, I, I wasn't part of it, so I don't know everything that went on behind the scenes. I'm going to go off of what I saw from the outside, as well as pull in uh, experience in, in the realms of YouTube as a YouTube expert. So, so one channel organized this challenge. They got a bunch of other channels on board to make similar videos, these Ugly Duckling Challenge videos. And then what they did, they could have stopped at that, but what they did is they utilized a playlist to put all of these Ugly Duckling Challenge videos into a single playlist. And then from there, uh, people, each of the channels, when they publish their video, they would link to the playlist in their description. So as well as they would reference the original uh, organizer of the, of the uh, challenge because it was a great idea, right? So they link to the playlist. So when you click on the playlist, you have a playlist of, oh man, I wish I could, I could remember, something like 40, 50 videos in there that are all very similar video types uh, and is all this ugly duckly challenge. 
And so what people could do is they, if they find one video from a channel they know, like if they're subscribed to the channel, they, they'd get that and then they could see the playlist and get access to a whole bunch of other videos from other channels doing a similar challenge on their channel. Okay, you follow in so far? So what that led to is I did not see a single video on that playlist. I clicked through several of them. I didn't click through all of them, but several of them, I didn't see a single video that was less than 5,000 views on it. And the channel that I roasted, for example, had less than 800 subscribers. 5,000 views, 800 subscribers. Now you take that and you factor that none of the videos on that playlist that I saw had less than 5,000 views on them. What immediately follows is that playlist was extremely successful, especially in terms of playlists on YouTube. So... Also, audience behavior must have meant that I, I don't have access to the backend analytics of the each and every video, right? But audience behavior, it's natural following that audience behavior must have led to binge watching several videos from that playlist, if not all of them, uh, at least several of those videos. Okay, so this is why this is blowing my mind. First of all, it is one of the best examples of multi-channel collaboration I have ever seen on YouTube. So, amazing, amazing, amazing. The, the fact that they were able to pull together that many channels into a single playlist and have all of those videos be interesting to a similar audience, it shows by number of views. Like that just is how it worked. A lot of similar audience were, sim were interested in those similar videos. So to, to pull all of those factors together was awesome, just brilliant. But then also from a audience, from a YouTube algorithm standpoint, well, okay, first let me just speak from the audience standpoint. From audience, I see, look, I, okay, I here's a creator that I like. I like their videos. That, let's say they do furniture flipping, you know, that's what that channel is about. Furniture flipping, great. I like their videos. And then I say they do a video. It's a good video. It's an interesting video. But then I also see, oh, by the way, there's a whole playlist of other creators in here. I really like that because then I, if I'm interested in that topic, I may have just gotten introduced to a whole bunch of other creators that I did not know before. That's awesome from an audience standpoint. The other thing is, so findability, it's, it's connecting an audience with a bunch of creators the other thing is from a YouTube algorithm standpoint, when we talk about drafting, and if you're brand new here, you had better get into the YouTube system and start on, on phase one so you know what I'm talking about here. The But drafting, the idea of associating your audience with other channels' audiences, especially with channels that are larger than yours, but it really works with other channels in general. When you put a bunch of playlists together, uh, I have got to bet that, sorry, a bunch of videos together in a similar playlist under a similar audience type. I have got to bet that that sends signals to the algorithm that all of these audiences at least have an overlap of this video style. So that's immediate audience, audience association. It's a potentially stronger factor to show to the algorithm uh, quicker what type of audience that you have as, as a channel. So they know who to recommend your videos to. Incredibly powerful. The third thing that I saw happening with this is the potential for collaboration and relationship building between creators. 
So uh, multiple channels, even if you only marginally knew some of the other channels, but if you do a collab and it's like a full effort, it's not just trying to, you know, game the system or whatever. Um, it, it's not any of that, but it's just, look, I'm going to be introduced to all of these other creators. It, that could happen. It would inevitably either introduce or deepen the relationship if done correctly between you and other creators, which is almost always a good thing. Okay. So blowing my mind, the, the audience behavior on that, oh my goodness. So I can only put two and two together and say a similar audience from all these channels feeding into this one playlist, similar audience, a whole bunch of channels feeding into a single playlist. They had to, the audience had to be, start binging that. And many people may have you know, watch several videos and said, oh yeah, I'm going to bookmark this playlist. I'm going to keep this playlist so I can come back to it in the future. And then just watched all of them. In fact, I would, it would not surprise me if, if people, a lot of people watched every single video. And, but what it led to is repeats, introduction of multiple channels, a bunch of different styles, repeat watchers, and a single playlist leading to a lot of repeat watching and your channel being associated with repeat watching from an algorithm standpoint, all of those. <laughs> it's just blowing my mind how cool that was, how cool the idea is. So here's what I'm taking here. When we speak in terms of collaborations and, and such, especially I'm going to speak in the terms here in Project 24, are there ways that we could do this Ugly Duckling Challenge within Project 24? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, going, I'm just going to introduce this idea officially here that this is a potential type of collaboration that can be organized here in Project 24 that will be extremely effective because of all the reasons that I've been sharing thus far, <laughs> okay? Uh, and But something I, I'm, I wanted to give some pointers on this because it won't work all the time. Usually you want some sort of audience overlap as well in the, in the well, not usually, but almost always you want audience overlap both both in the types of channels that are included in the playlist but also in the uh, type of video that is done in the playlist because if they're too different then it doesn't it almost doesn't make sense to have it be a playlist unless there's some cohesive reason for them all to be in that same playlist all those pieces of content all those videos to be in the same playlist so the factors that I see contributing to the success of this is one, it was organized by a single creator. It wasn't just a group mind thing. It was one person said, I'm going to head this up and make sure that it gets done. Uh, the benefit for the organizer is then everybody else can mention them and say, hey, thank you in their own videos, right? Uh, but they also get known, they get the rapport, the authority of like, hey, I'm, I'm organizing this stuff. I'm helping other creators to spread their stuff on YouTube. That's great. But having a head of it, is important, a head leading it up, the organizer, right? Okay, the second thing is clear instructions for each channel participating in it. On what type of video, both the the topic of the video, but the archetype of the video. You can have slight variances, some may be more information-based, some more entertainment, it's fine, you can have slight variances. But if the swing is too broad, if you if you if we tried to have one video be how to build a chair. And it was like a step-by-step, step, step one, do this, step two, versus another one that's uh, how to uh, I, uh, how to break a chair. I'm trying to come up with something creative here, like more of a, an entertainment style thing, like 
I, I finally broke my favorite chair, something like that. This also like, hey, this maybe it's carpentry or something. It's all of those things, but it takes a very different angle. If we go too broad in that spectrum, then I could see some potential issues with this because uh, from an audience standpoint, if they're there for one thing, and then they start experiencing a bunch of experiencing a bunch of other things, then that could be a concern. They could just skip your video or move on or that type of thing. It's not the end of the world, but it will have an effect on it. So clear instructions on what type of video, what topic of video, uh, what archetype of video. Okay. Then um, the next thing is just actually I already mentioned this, but a similar video type. This ugly duckling challenge worked because. There's already an audience interested in that type of content. It's a content silo. It's a content type on YouTube. It would be similar if it was a, um, a silo of clean with me's on YouTube. Like people will just binge watch clean with me's or Costco hauls. You know, people go and buy, spend a bunch of money at grocery stores. Like there's, if, if there were several videos in a row that are a bunch of people doing similar things, that's what I'm talking about with a content silo. So it worked because there was an audience interested in that content silo, but uh, it's also was a content silo that is easily, easily binged. So this would break down a little bit if they were every video were very information heavy. Uh, and this is not to say, is not downplaying information archetype channels. It's that information style videos in general tend to be harder to consume. They're less... Uh, because it's usually for usefulness and action. And when you incorporate usefulness and action, there's always an element of some sort of outside action and an acquisition of knowledge associated with it. And so it's can this would work more smoothly if the video type chosen was more of a bingeable style, more of a, uh, especially actually entertainment would probably be the best archetype if we were to pick one leading with entertainment would be the best because then it would be a natural, uh, easy to consume and natural, easy association with the other channels. So it's not like I'm feeling like I'm <laughs> chugging molasses throughout this entire playlist while I'm trying to work through everything. And also I don't have the issues of if I relied too heavily on connection without the elements of just broad appeal, entertainment, uh, then if it was just, hey, hey, everybody, here's my day, and then somebody else, hey, everybody, here's my day, without a common thread throughout all of them, that could also be an, an uh, issue. And all of this um, humming and emming and hawing is due to <laughs> my cold, <laughs> you know, it is cold brain. It's like it's taking longer for ideas to compute in my brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so that is Potentially a future, uh, as this idea gets fleshed out, potentially a future addition to the YouTube system. I just wanted to give it to you here because I have never seen it work that well and ha and be delivered in such a way because, oh my gosh, it's consider it an added way to do collaborations on YouTube. An official way that if done well can be very powerful. Very powerful. Okay, so that's it. That's the Ugly Duckling Challenge. Now I wanted to speak briefly here about the uh, YouTube system. First of all, welcome everybody. Welcome to the YouTube system. And also, I'm just super excited to, to be publishing it. Now, as of recording this, I have not yet done the webinar that I was planning to kind of introduce it and do a walkthrough, etc. But I did want to speak to several of the points that I'm going to cover in that webinar. In case you didn't get a chance to attend the webinar, or you're just listening to this podcast, I wanted to speak to them. Okay. So, 
One of the biggest issues the YouTube system is looking to fix can be best explained by, um, I in the past, I've had people come to me, uh, pay for a consult or just come one-on-one message me, whatever, and say, ask, start asking questions. And I would ask them, hey, did you go through this part, you know, of the, the YouTube course at the time? Did you go through this and say, yeah, yeah, I did that. Like I worked through the whole thing. Like I did the whole thing. But then based on the questions that I would get, it was pretty evident that they hadn't actually applied it. So one of the things that was just top of mind for me the whole time was, how can I set this up so that it's easily understandable and easily applicable the, the, the YouTube system? So as you are getting familiar with it this week, I fully encourage you to go through each of the phases, watch some of the videos, go, go check it out, get familiar with it, see what's in phase six, phase seven, that, that's great. But to get the most out of it, it's designed so if followed, you literally cannot move on until you've learned what is in there. You've actually learned and applied, which, oh man, it's so much more powerful than just getting it intellectually. Like actual application is so much more powerful. So everything about it was designed with that in mind because here's here, you listening. Here's how I want it to be in the future. Let's say we're in the Project 24 community and you have something come up and you say, okay, uh, you, you do a post, you say, I've got some, I cannot figure out um, this aspect of my channel. I'm in phase four. And so we know we've got a point of reference. We say, okay, you're in phase four. You're at this point. Your channel's at about at this point of growth. And okay, now let's talk about it. Let's let's work through it. Uh, this is, is funny because I'm already hearing people say, hey, yeah, I've already worked through the entire first two phases. And that's watching through them. And that's awesome. But for actual application, it's going to take longer than that. And it's kind of built that way on purpose. So um, this is Nate saying, feel free to explore it, walk through it, get familiar with it. And in fact, I want you to. But also, it would just break my heart <laughs> if you just went through and you just watched the videos and moved on and didn't actually apply any of this stuff. You know how much work went into that. Oh, man, hours and hours, hundreds of hours, so many videos. I was recording day and night. I So many things going into it. And so... Everything about it is I want you to apply it, actually work through it, actually apply it, okay? Now, the exceptions here, I did my best to make these very clear in the first phase in the roadmap there. Um, It's set up, so each phase has a goal as well as a graduation, except for the first phase because that's the one you come back to over and over again. So, for it's pretty clear when you watch a roadmap for a phase in the text below it, there's going to be a graduation requirements, which means don't move on to the next phase until you've met that, whatever it is. Now, if you have an already established channel or if you've been published publishing for a while, it may be tempting to think, okay, okay, yeah, I can move on. I'm, I think I'm in phase five or phase six. That, that's great. And that's, that's fine. We can spend a lot of our time there, but it's also built so that the skill sets and the strategies build on each other. There are things that will not make sense in a later phase unless you've gotten it in an earlier phase and applied it in an earlier phase. So it's very intentionally built that way. So the other requirement in many cases is that a phase will be, okay, spend at least 20 videos, like 20 videos producing, using the skill sets and strategies from this phase. Even if your channel is already making a lot of money, let's say you have a full-time income channel, even if it's at that point, I would still strongly recommend that you work through a phase at a time. And apply it to at least 20 videos, whatever you learn during that phase. Uh, because, like I said, it's it's building on itself. And the compass, 
the first phase, compass phase, when you come back to it over and over again, it's going to make more and more sense <laughs> every time you come back. Uh, the the principles, as your channel expands, you, if you're in, you just start out, you go through the compass, that's great, you work through, maybe you're at phase five, you go back and you do the compass again, it's going to be a whole different conversation at that point. Completely different application, and it's on purpose. I intentionally built it to be that way. The only exception I'd say is to people, if, if you have a larger channel and you've got a channel, it's like, okay, I've been doing this for a while. I've got my feet underneath me. I got it. The only exception I say to like skipping phases would be phase two, because that one is basically incorporating our previous beginner's phase in a very handheld way. The, the whole purpose of the phase is to get some videos on YouTube. Like before anything else, in fact, before most of the whole drafting your channel, industry audit, any of that stuff, it's let's get some videos on YouTube because that's what stops a lot of people. So that's for definitely for more people in the beginning phases. If you want to be handheld through how I approach, how we approach um, making YouTube videos, the basics, so you've got just a really solid foundation. And if you want to go through that, then that's great. But if your channel is... If you've been publishing for a while, you feel like, yeah, okay, I know how to publish a video on YouTube and to publish a decently good video on YouTube, then you can skip phase two. But all other cases, I'm going to recommend that you go with phase one and then phase three, four, five, six, and, and from there on. Okay? Awesome. All right. I was thinking if there was anything else I wanted to say here. I'm going to give a full tour, full walkthrough tomorrow as I'm recording this. Uh, oh, the other thing is... Every phase has built in, and you're going to see this, it's built in to get the help that you need wherever you are. This was a very important thing, and I'm, I'm so glad I've had multiple conversations with Anna about this. This was a point she brought up. I'm so glad she did. Because there are times, um, and I see this from analyzing thousands of YouTube channels, there, there are certain points within the growth of a channel that people tend to get stuck. And so we purposely built into the phases those points, here's how to get help. Like, here's what to do at this point during the phase. If you're feeling stuck, here's what to do, okay? And so make sure you do those things. The only way, the, the way to fail at this is to not apply it, is to not actually work through the actions and do the steps. If we're just watching through the each lesson and not actually applying it, taking the time, the mental space, and the practice to incorporate the skill sets and strategies into our into our videos, um, then it, it will, you'll have a really hard time making it work. So take it from Nate here, go ahead and apply the YouTube system. I am so excited for you to jump into it. It is a living system. I'm, I've already got, if I told you the plans for the updates I have on that thing in the future, <laughs> I purposely had to pare back uh, so many of the videos. You can ask the team. I, I originally, I think there's like 88 videos in there right now. I originally probably, I, I'm certain I had like 120 in there. <laughs> There's so much I wanted to put in there. There was a, for sake of time, I had to focus on the most important ones to start with. Uh, but it's constantly going to be updated, uh, lessons added, in, included, just updated, all of those things. So I'm super excited for you all to be in there and excited to hear of your success. So go ahead and keep participating in the Project 24 community. Keep asking questions, keep helping each other out. And also uh, the masterminds. Anna's running awesome, awesome masterminds. I'm also uh, running several masterminds. Uh, get get in there, get the help you need, get, get answers to your questions. I'm so excited for you and we'll see you there.
Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.